words on water. This episode is brought to you by Aqua Aerobic, which since 1969 has led the water and wastewater treatment industry by providing advanced solutions in aeration and mixing, biological processes, cloth media filtration, membranes, disinfection, and process control. As an applied engineering company serving both municipal and industrial customers, Aqua Aerobic works collaboratively with consulting engineers, owners, plant managers, and operators to design and manufacture the best treatment solution with the lowest life cycle cost. The company's customer for life philosophy ensures that every customer will receive unparalleled service before, during, and after the installation of Aqua Aerobic products. Visit aqua-aerobic.com for more information. Welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. I am joined for this episode by John Dyson. He is Product Channel Manager for Aqua Prime at Aqua Aerobic. John, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, thanks very much, Travis, for having me today. So the term or phrase wet weather, something that we hear a lot in, uh, in our sector. And I'd like to just kind of start at a real basic level. When we hear that phrase, wet weather, what does that mean? Um, for me specifically, uh, wet weather has a, a very defined definition. And for a lot of folks, um, the concept of wet weather gets confused with storm water. And sometimes people use those interchangeably. But to really be specific about it and how we talk about wet weather and storm weather, two completely different things. Storm weather, storm water is really the, um, the treatment of the runoff from our roads or streets or yards that do not go into air collection networks. They're managed completely differently. They have a different impact on air receiving streams. Wet weather, and you know, this is the way I kind of define it, is the increased flow conditions that our collection networks see due to, um, you know, uh, in CSO communities to design, you know, stormwater runoff into the collection network or in a sanitary only network system that inflow or infiltration, those leaky pipes that, that are there. So when, when people really talk about the issue of wet weather, for me, it, it's related to the collection network, that collection of that excess flow that then creates issues uh, within the network or within the treatment plant. Mm. All right. And so let's move on to that. The, when this wet weather occurs, when it impacts a collection system, uh, what, are the, what are the challenges then for that, for that facility that's downpipe uh, for that utility when, when they're dealing with wet weather? So that, that poses many different challenges for the utilities. And, and the first thing is, are the pipe and the collection networks large enough to handle these flows? Um, it can create overflow conditions out in the network. 
Um, so utilities are always uh, struggling with getting those flows, say, to a treatment facility uh, point. Uh, once you reach the treatment facility and you've gotten the flow to there, now you've got a capacity issue within the treatment facility itself. And our, our most treatment plants are designed, depending on the size of the facility, with the ability to maybe handle flow variations from average day flow conditions of approximately, you know, from their one Q factor, I'll say one being average day, to say four Q, maybe five Q in some cases, but you know, generally in that range. But some of these flow conditions that facilities can see will can be 7Q, you know, 10Q, um, in some cases larger, uh, particularly the smaller the plant, the bigger the factor that you generally can see. So what does that mean is um, the system's overwhelmed. Um, you can't treat uh, that flow you could possibly have an overflow at that site. You're getting you know, pollution into the re receiving streams. And ultimately getting untreated waste into our receiving streams is a, you know, a public hazard. You know, it can lead to closures of water bodies uh, you know, for periods of time. You know, most of the time that's actually due to bacterial loads uh, pathogens, those are things that we test for. And I think we all have heard over the years, you know, this beach has been closed. You can't fish out of this area. And this is how overflows and these peak wet weather flows that mix with the wastewater, um, and if they are untreated, have an impact on the environment. And that's been our goal for many years. And as a country, we're, we're doing better and better year after year. But it is a challenge, uh, particularly with some of the environmental weather changes, the intensity of some of these storms that are there. Mm. Fantastic description there. So I'm curious, you know, what utilities, what facilities have maybe traditionally done to try to deal with the wet weather challenge? You, you talked about kind of that built-in extra capacity, right? Um, but what, what else have they done in the face of these, of these wet weather challenges? And you know, after that, I'm gonna be curious to hear uh, what are some of the new approaches and solutions that have moved on from kind of the, the past? Okay. So, you know, traditionally, and, and to me, uh, the whole issue with wet weather is, is, is a multi-part uh, solution. Um, and the first is, of course, we need to continue to work uh, on our networks, okay, uh, particularly uh, our infiltration inflow, you know, due to leaks into the system. That's, that's going to be a never-ending problem because as you repair you know, some parts there's older pipes aging and that work is going to never end. Historically, um, the simple solution, can I build a basin big enough or dig a tunnel that's big enough, okay, to store that volume? And in some towns and cities that has been done pretty successfully. In other cases, not that successful. I live in a uh, CSO community um, and they have done tremendous amounts of work, okay? And they've reduced their volumes tremendously, but the volumes are still very large, okay? Mm -hmm. After doing this type of work. Of course, in many cases, you could expand a treatment plant, 
But if you've already at that three Q or four Q, there becomes operational issues with a treatment facility if you make it too big because you're only using a fraction of the capacity during the dry weather conditions. And that means higher operating costs, other operating, operating challenges uh, in those dry weather conditions. Um, one of the ways that people have handled uh, this is by doing some level of treatment. And classically, that was maybe just doing primary levels of treatment and, and, and running uh, that peak flow through just primary clarifiers um, and then doing, you know, a uh, blending of, of that effluent there. And, and that does pretty good. But in, in, in more recent years, over the last, say, 20 years, uh, particularly, technologies have improved dramatically. And yeah. I, I use a kind of, you know, where and how have people dealt with it, that, you know, is many utilities have moved to enhanced high rate treatment technologies. And, and I think the key word is this enhanced high rates. They're able to do high levels of treatment um, in terms of solids removal. Um, and that could be done in, in multiple different ways. Um, some people call it auxiliary treatment, but in many cases that could be just side stream treatment with these technologies, um, or, and some have the capabilities of being used for in dry weather conditions, but flip over and be used in a dual use. It can be all, the, many of these technologies can also be used at remote sites um, also. So there's been an expansion of, of it over the years, and that's, that's a key area, I think, that will continue to grow dramatically. Mm. Yeah, I was very curious to ask you about how all of the rapid changes in technology and equipment and digitization and, and sensors and remote capabilities, all that kind of stuff has factored into kind of the current landscape and, and how things are changing. You hit on that. Could you dive into that a little bit, a little bit further? Yes. Um, so technology's made huge things. As I said, working on the networks, managing the flows in the networks with instrumentation and technologies is, a, is definitely a new area in terms of controlling how much flow, how fast it gets to the treatment plant uh, that are there. Um, I think the real, you know, from aquarobic standpoint, we're a treatment company, so we offer, you know, enhanced high rate treatment technologies, um, and there are many different types out there, you know, it can be a clarification type, and in recent years, okay, um, filtration has, has entered the marketplace within the last less than 10 years, and in our industry, 10 years is a short period of time. Um, so the filtration technology now brings some unique advantages, uh, this high level of enhanced high rate treatment uh, that's there by taking, you know, very high level removal of solids during the wet weather conditions. Now you're able to uh, combine that in, in what I call peak wet weather flow management techniques. Um, which most importantly allows you to manage and treat these peak wet weather flows that can be disinfected also. Mm. 
Um, and you can only imagine if you don't take out the solids, you cannot disinfect the water, which is one of the main contaminants to our rivers and streams that are there. So, you know, this is important that's there. In terms of aquarobics ourselves, um, we uh, introduced a little over five years ago our AquaStorm technology, which is a pile cloth media technology. And the technology had been around for uh, 30 years in the use for tertiary applications. But when you start to do wet weather treatment, we're dealing with a completely different type of solids. And we adapted that technology uh, such that we can remove the scum and the float material. We, the core is still filtration, utilizing our pile cloth media filtration um, and their high ability to load it at high loading rates. But we also had uh, the ability that some of this material is very dense, it settles very rapidly. So we added them a methodology to remove those settled solids too. So the technology is very unique in the sense that we actually remove the solids by three different techniques commonly used in the industry. But because it's a filter also right, that's used in you know, well-proven tertiary applications for over 30 years now, it has a unique dual treatment capabilities. So um, a lot of wet weather treatment historically has been side stream. Equipment sits on the side and is unused unless it's raining, you get the high flow conditions. Here, this technology can be sized and designed in such a fashion that in dry weather, you can have beneficial use of the technology for tertiary treatment and then allow it to be able to handle that wet weather flow condition. It can be used in side stream, but it can be used in this dual treatment aspect also. So that's one of the, I think, the key areas and big changes in the industry that has occurred in recent years is the development of uh, filtration as a solution um, and its ability to handle the high solids loads and produce the high quality effluent that you need when you're doing you know, peak wet weather flow management. Mm, yeah, fantastic uh, description of how, how technology and equipment has evolved recently. Um, it, Shifting gears a little bit, I want to talk about the area of regulations and permit requirements and how wet weather factors into all of that. What, what regulations, what permit requirements are utilities looking at when it comes to wet weather and, and how do they address those? So um, most utilities that are dealing with wet weather issues are usually working with their, their states or EPA on a national level to reduce the amount of these flows and conditions that occur. As part of that, um, once you get the flow to the treatment plant, you're under a permit, okay? You have to meet the permit requirements of that receiving stream. And, and they vary depending on the locations, the requirements of water quality. But if you take in consideration just general secondary treatment standards is what's required for most facilities, which is, you know, a 30, 30 um, uh, TSS BOD, 45, 45 weekly uh, uh, TSS BOD. These make, um, are your conditions that you must meet. 
when you uh, look at the regulations and how to achieve that that aspect of it with technologies like the AquaStorm here is when you are able to remove a large amount of solids out of it of the water, now you're able to take that water, which most of these enhanced high rate treatment technologies like the AquaStorm already during wet weather conditions achieve these levels of secondary levels. But when you combine it without overloading uh, the biological treatment train of a facility, you're producing a very, very high quality water that is uh, discharged, effectively disinfected. So you're not putting any untreated wastewater into the receiving streams that are there. Um, from a regulatory standpoint, a lot of people get tied up in, is this a bypass, okay? And that's one of the bad words, okay? <laughs> um, you know, quote in the industry. And then you've got the word blending mm. that's there. And what I really feel is there's kind of been, you know, for me, I think we have to look at it differently. A bypass you know, as I heard from one person say, is really a discharge, okay, to our receiving streams. It's not getting treatment, not going out the outfall of a treatment plant. You are not putting it through some level of treatment. You know, blending for me, and, and a lot of people would say is where you're not really treating it uh, a lot or at all, but you still combine it uh, with the discharge from the secondary biological treatment train that's there. I think we've advanced as an industry and, and the term of peak flow management or peak wet weather flow management is really the change in the development of where we're able to, with technologies like the AquaStorm, be able to treat this wet weather force portion in excess of the biological train to such a high quality uh, there that when you combine it, you're easily meeting the permit limits and providing a, a high quality water to the receiving streams uh, that are beneficial to all parties and ultimately meeting the regulations. So, you know, every utility is looking at these type of things, but ultimately it's to meet the permit requirements and provide a safe water to the receiving okay. stream. Well, that's a great explanation of the difference between that blending term and, you know, peak wet weather flow management. These are different, uh, and it seems like things have headed more in that that peak weather direction. Um, okay, uh, last question, and I always ask people to pull out their crystal ball and look ahead a little bit here, and what might be coming uh, in the in the future when it comes to wet weather management, you know, in the next several years, five years out, what do you kind of see uh, as changes in the horizon? I, I see, I think in our industry, um, a lot of utilities with, um, are moving toward integrated planning, okay? Um, it's probably a term you've heard or maybe talked to other folks about, but the peak wet weather flow management is just going to be part of that integrated planning that utilities are going to do, okay? How do I cost-effectively work on my network, okay? Handle the flows as they exist today, 
provide the best water quality in a very concise way. The idea of doing enhanced high rate treatment technologies like the Aquasar is just one part of the solution for many utilities. But ultimately, by having a good integrated plan, along with utilizing technologies um, like enhanced high rate treatment solutions, you're going to see a lot less untreated discharges to our receiving streams. You're going to see the volumes reduced by all different manners. And ultimately, you know, for me, you know, I enjoy the environment. I like to fish. I like to go spend time at beaches. We're going to see less closures. We're going to be able to enjoy our environment a lot more because of technology advancements. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, John, this has been very informative for me and I'm sure for the audience. Uh, I appreciate your, uh, your time so much. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me today.